Why one size doesn't fit all. How your metabolism affects your weight loss journey. I'm Natalie Tisdall, a journalist who decided enough is enough. I left a career that looked glamorous to do what I was scared of doing, going out on my own. I'm a married working mom of three. On this podcast, we're going to talk about issues that really matter. Why am I not sleeping? What's up with that diet everyone's talking about? Are my kids falling behind? How do I leave that job and start over? Welcome to the Natalie Tisdall Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, everyone. It's Natalie. It's summer, and we're putting on those swimsuits and sundresses. And if you're like me, you're frustrated because out of nowhere, it's just harder to keep the pounds off and to stay in shape, despite being active and eating a healthy diet. You know, metabolism is a really funny thing. It's different for everyone, and it changes very quickly. Our metabolism change can happen for tons of different reasons. Today, we're going to break all of that down. My guest is Dan Lemoyne. He is the co-founder of Revitalize Weight Loss and Wellness. He is an expert and certified in nutrition and weight loss. And we're talking today about that stubborn weight gain kickstarting your metabolism, common myths, mistakes, and hype, and how to finally get rid of those extra pounds, not just for appearances, but for overall health. If you're listening for the first time, thank you so much for stopping by. I have more topics like this on my website, natalietisdall.com. And if you wouldn't mind taking just two minutes to let me know what you think of this podcast, it would mean a lot. A link to do that is in the show notes today. I'd love to have your review. Let's get started now with understanding your metabolism and losing weight with Dan Lemoyne. Dan, this is a topic that I get asked about often for more guests to help us understand and help us reset our metabolism, especially when it comes to weight loss. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I th and I think you ladies tend to get the short end of the stick when it comes to like these biochemically changing events like birth of kiddos and menopause. Uh, and those biochemical changes ultimately slow down the metabolism. And really the metabolism is just a an umbrella term that refers to all the chemical reactions that occur inside our bodies to maintain life and how different nutrients are broken down and used by our body. And as we age and go through birth of kiddos and menopause and stress and divorce and all these things that, that, you know, that plague us and stress us in, you know, life today, those things cause our metabolism to slow. And I think many of us feel that as we get older. Yeah. I hear a lot of women say that it just happened so fast. Mm -hmm. Like I think in our, in our twenties and thirties, we think, Oh, it'll never happen to me. That's my mom and my grandma. And, and then you get forties and early fifties and for women, and you'll have to tell me the difference for men, but for women, it's like, wait, I didn't really change anything. I'm still eating. I'm still getting a decent amount of exercise. And all of a sudden it's hard to keep weight off and it's coming in different places and it just happens so quickly. Yeah, and it really can. And I think that's oftentimes we hear that in our offices where it's like, man, I after my third kid or after that life event, it just felt like something changed. And it's a beautiful, you know, protective mechanism that we're created with is just that our bodies go through stress and it says, I've got to protect this organism. Mm. And there's a lot of nutrients stored in our fat. And so our body is essentially, it's protecting us. It's doing what it ought to do. But our, you know, our bodies don't know that there is a grocery store and a McDonald's on every corner and that food is readily available to most of us in the developed world. So how is it different for women than it is for men? 
Well, it's a pretty complex, the metabolism in general is very complex, but it's, it is affected by hormones and genetics and women in general carry less muscle mass than, than men. Muscle mass being a, a huge driver in, you know, how much energy you burn in a day. Um, and just hormonally and just the way that, that women are built, your bodies are built to carry more weight. And I think as some of the hormonal changes then compound through birth of kids and through perimenopause and into menopause, just the genetic side and the hormonal side of things make it a little bit more of an uphill battle for most women uh, when it comes to maintaining a healthy weight. Tell me about your average client. What what are they coming in and, and saying to you and looking for? And then how do you guide them? I think we're seeing a lot of folks who have tried stuff and they've tried different you know, fad diets or medications, or they've Google dieted, right? Where, you know, it's <laughs> like, I'm going to go to the internet and type in how to lose weight and whatever I find I'm going to do. And, and a lot of our clients are just tired. They're saying, Hey, I know I can lose weight. How do I keep it off? How do I mm -hmm. fix the metabolism so I can keep it off, but still live a regular life? And I think that's, that's the key. I think there's a lot of programs that are really effective at helping you lose weight, but you never get to even daydream about a carb ever again. And mm. that's super frustrating because it's like, do I ever get to go back to a regular life or do I have to like live in a hyper structured mode? And so there are ways to affect the metabolism positively and re restore harmony there so that you can, you know, eat a regular diet. I think the biggest thing that got me into this was seeing my mom work with Dr. Abood. She's in her 60s. Now, metabolically, her metabolism, her metabolic age is in the 40s. And I think that was the biggest aha light bulb for me as a nutritionist because I was rather skeptical when she started to work with him, seeing this diet and going, do these really work? And then seeing her metabolic age come down, not just losing 32 pounds, but that three, four, five years later, she wow. was able to keep it off eating a regular you know, diet within reason, you know, she's not eating cheesecake every day, but she's able to enjoy herself and not yo-yo, which is what I've seen her do my entire life. And so that yeah. really got me into, yeah. okay, how do we affect the metabolism? Talk about the metabolic age for someone who isn't familiar with that term. You, and use, use your mom as an example, if she doesn't mind, <laughs> yeah. of 60 and then 40 metabolic age. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, the metabolic age is just, it gives us an idea. It's a number based off of, a, it's an algorithm based off of a bunch of hard numbers from a body composition analysis, things like cellular hydration, body fat percentage, muscle mass, things like that. And it gives us an idea of how effective is the metabolism working. So we might see a 54 year old come in, but their metabolic age is 85. And what that's telling mm -hmm. us is the furnace isn't burning. And for a lot of folks who come in to sit down with us, they're like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. It's almost very affirming because it's like they're walking around feeling like I'm trying hard. I'm working out. I'm eating the right things. And yet it feels like my body's resisting me. That's a very affirming number to see like, yes, yeah, something is off. And then really, how do we affect change? Well, let's identify what are maybe some of the gaps in your nutritional landscape? What are some lifestyle factors that might be contributing to that metabolic slowdown? And let's address those things. So give me some of those things. What are some of the factors that slow down as you're, as you're talking about and really impact our metabolic age? You know, I would say there's 
two that come to mind that I feel like everybody can affect, you know, affect change on themselves. I think the first is really looking at hydration and cellular hydration being specific. Yes. I think most of us yes, yes, keep yeah, water with us me. walk around with our, I with try our, to keep it with me. I got my Stanley, you know, me and every, every mom have got our Stanley cups. Hydration is a big one. I think beyond just drinking a sufficient quantity of water, I think most folks are, it's really looking at the quality of the water that we're drinking. So we filter our water, most of us in our homes that filters out all the, the bad stuff, but it also filters out all of the good stuff like the trace minerals and the polarized trace minerals that, uh, or the electrolytes we've heard of mm-hmm. that help water actually get into the cell. And the cells are really the foundation of all of your metabolic processes. So if water's not getting into the cells effectively because it lacks the electrolytes or the trace minerals, it's really not being as helpful as it could be. And your metabolism really can't do what it ought to do, no matter how clean you're eating or how hard you're working out. If your cells are dehydrated, the metabolism isn't going to repair as effectively as it could. It's not going to, they're not going to do what they need to do as so okay. So give me something with that. I know people, because I'm always worried about water. I mean, I try to drink enough water. I, I like to go with like the 80, 20 rules. So I say, okay, if I'm drinking filtered water, which I have in our house, most of the time, then the other water is going to be fine. But what what's wrong with that? What can I do if I'm drinking that filtered water I've heard of, and I have purchased before uh, just trace minerals at the health food store and put them it. into the water, but, but give us exactly what you would suggest for yep. hydrating. So trace, trace minerals that are sugar free. Cause you know, you can get into like, well, I drink Gatorade. That's got electrolytes, right? And you're like, well, it's also got a lot of sugar. So yes, mm-hmm. trace minerals you can buy. If you're not feeling like buying trace minerals, a very common or a uh, Easy source would be like a, a high quality pink salt, like a Himalayan or oh, Hawaiian pink salt. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. There's 80 to 90 different trace minerals in that. So getting a teaspoon or so a day on your food, or you can even put it in your water if you wanted to. And then vegetables. There's a ton of trace minerals in mm-hmm. vegetables. Um, and so making sure that your your plant sources that you're eating throughout the day can also help from a, from a micronutrient standpoint and a cellular health standpoint. Great. Okay. So you mentioned hydration. Um, yeah. What What else? What are the other uh, things that affect metabolism? Like, yes. Sleep is like oh. the magic, the magic pill. And yeah. it's unfortunately, you know, fortunately it's an easy one in theory. Unfortunately, what's hard about that is that it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like, oh, I gained some weight and now I'm not sleeping as well. And now I'm not sleeping as well. So I'm gaining more weight and it becomes yeah. this like downwards spiral. Yeah. And so the big go-tos are just try to go to bed at the same time. And like, so sleep hygiene is like going to bed at the same time, having some type of like shutdown routine that doesn't mm-hmm. include staring at a TV for several hours before mm-hmm. you go to bed. Or if, if you are put the blue light blocker glasses on that we've all seen and yeah. maybe many of us have, but sleep is just, it's when your body repairs, it's, it's so good for your psychology, but it's also so good for your, you know, for your, your cellular health, your metabolic health, your body's just ability to repair and reset. Yeah, absolutely. So much easier said than done, but you have to start somewhere, right? Yep. I want to take a minute to tell you about one of the ways I keep my family healthy. I've been a customer of Seeking Health for several years, and I'm constantly amazed by the positive impact their products have had on 
overall health and well-being. From the very beginning, the team at Seeking Health has been dedicated to helping me build a strong foundation for my health through their focus on optimizing digestion, reducing environmental exposures, and nourishing my body with pure, high-quality supplements. They've provided me with the tools and the knowledge I need to support my body's natural healing systems, and I have seen significant improvements in my energy, immune function, and overall sense of well-being. A few of my favorites, active magnesium, the glutathione plus, immune intensive, also the electrolytes we put in our water and our family, all great products. And those are just a few. I'm grateful to the team at Seeking Health for their passion for prevention and their consistent commitment to helping with my family's health. If you're looking to take control of your health and build a strong foundation for your well-being, I highly recommend Seeking Health. You can get more information and a discount code by going to natalietisdall.com slash favorites. Look for the Seeking Health logo and that discount code. Again, natalietisdall.com slash favorites. The link is in the show notes. Okay. What else? You know, I think, uh, fasting is an interesting one that Mm. like, I think is very in vogue intermittent fasting. There are, you know, benefits of fasting from a digestive standpoint, from a metabolic standpoint. I think there's also times though, when we under eat. And so we are like, Oh, I just skip breakfast because I'm kind of like just rushing out the door, but I'll call it intermittent fasting. So I feel healthier about it. But in Mm. reality, I think I know for me, at least personally, and I see this often with our folks, they're stressed, right? We've got adrenal fatigue. We're under stress at work. We're under stress with our family. Then we go work out like fiends at a CrossFit gym or, or, you know, we we get our heart rate up because that's, we've been told that that's good. And it is. And then we're also under eating because we've, you know, we, we skip a meal or we just grab something on the go and we're not uh, filling ourselves well. And so I think like this idea of fasting is, could be good. Uh, so I'm, I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth, but I think fasting yeah. could be a tactic that could help metabolically and just help in general. But I also think we need to just be kind of looking at our lives holistically and being like, Hey, am I stressed? Then maybe like skipping meals, isn't going to be the mm. thing that like helps me. It actually is going to, that chronic stress is going to be compounded by skipping meals and working out like a banshee. And so I think kind of in that fasting and skipping meals comes the like reducing stress and and finding what works best for you. Yeah. That's interesting because I, I often think the best diet when people talk about diets, I hate the word diet is the one that, that works for the lifestyle you're in, in the moment. And that makes you feel better. And we all think it's like, well, that worked for one person. Maybe it'll work for me or, you know, it's keto worked for them. But, oh, man, keto is like a nightmare for me. <laughs> like totally. just to really find the thing. That, and, and and I know a lot of people who do that. I've been guilty of that. Like I'm not really hungry in the morning, so I'm just going to wait. But then by 11 o'clock, I'm starving. And my cortisol levels I've had tested are high. So I know that's affecting a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So it's figuring it all out, right? Yeah. For yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what we want all of our clients to our members to to really be students of their body, figure out what works. We're going to, we're going to try a lot of these different things. We're going to introduce you to a lot of these different things. We're going to put you through these various protocols, not to say you have to stay this way for the rest of your life, but for you to see, wow, I actually really liked 
intermittent fasting, or actually yeah. I didn't like it. I'm going to be eating breakfast. And that's where I've landed, you know, on, on this subject is like, I, yeah. I don't do well intermittent fasting. Well, it's like, man, the internet would is burning right now hearing me say that because it's, yeah. everybody so thinks popular. that's the solution, <laughs> right? So I think you hit the nail on the head, Natalie, is like, you have to figure out what works well for you and what, and I think one of the things we don't talk a lot about or talk enough about is just like, how do you feel? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think there are people who we would look at and say, maybe that person's not as healthy looking as they could be, but they probably have a more dialed in mindset and are happier and healthier individuals than somebody who's got a six pack who obsesses over every calorie and mm -hmm. worries that if they even look at a taco that they've gained weight. <laughs> and, you know, I think yeah. there's between our ears is oftentimes a, a big, you know, predictor of, you know, our, our health. Absolutely. So you talk about and one of what we really wanted to focus on today, and I think you've hit several of these things, but, but talk about this reset. So what is a metabolic metabolism we know is so important to overall health and to losing weight and all of that. But is there a way that you can just push a reset button? Yes and no. You know, I think there, I think it's, it's not like a one and done boom. I've been reset. I mm -hmm. think it's more of a, a compounding of these lifestyle and diet changes. So of moving your body purposefully and getting exercise of getting sufficient sleep, not just one day or one week, but really focusing on saying, I'm going to get, you know, a sufficient amount of sleep and go to bed at the right time and take care of myself there. And like over time, these things start to compound in the same way that oftentimes we don't just gain 30 pounds overnight. Um, yeah. you know, we don't just like fix our metabolisms overnight as well. So it's like, it really depends on the person. It could include losing weight. It could include eating more frequently and getting more fiber in your diet so that our blood sugar is more regulated and mm. our insulin isn't in, in going, going crazy. And so I think there's like a, it's really a combination of all of these things of living a healthier life will help reset the, met the metabolism to do what it's designed to do. Yeah, everyone's looking for, and I, I know we've talked about this for years, a magic pill or mm -hmm. a surgery or something just to make was this process. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it'd be great if we could just push a button or take a pill. Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of being healthy and happy, and like you're saying in your mind, all of these things like sleep are important. Even if you did have a pill to make you lose weight, you still need to sleep yeah. to feel well. So let's talk about some of those quick fixes and when it's right and when it's not right. Bariatric surgery has been around, of course, for years. People who have really needed that have been successful with it. We hear so much about weight loss drugs now. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about those? Are those ever the right thing? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a, I am a holistic practitioner, as we all are here at Revitalize. So I definitely skew towards feeling like medical interventions ought to be the last resort. Mm -hmm. That said, I don't know if it's always as black and white as even I sometimes think it is. I really kind of view these things as more on a spectrum of risk, right? Like if, if you just got diagnosed with diabetes, and your doctors and you now have diabetes, and this can be reversed with losing weight, and here is a medication that can jumpstart you and get you moving in that direction. There's going to be some side effects short term that we know of unknown for long term side effects. But the alternative is dying of diabetes or having yeah. your leg amputated. Like it may be worth it, right? It's a spectrum of risk of whether you choose to, to engage with that medical intervention or not. And the same thing with like a bariatric surgery. Like if this is a matter of life and death, maybe it makes sense going under the knife if you've tried everything else or it, it, there, you know, this has to happen. All that said, I think 
we as a country have a kind of a storied history with these different weight loss drugs that have come to the market. There's been a lot of buzz and people use them. They see results, but then over time they yo-yo or they, they, we, the FDA says, actually, this wasn't healthy. We shouldn't have been doing this. And they pull these drugs off the market. And so I'm often skeptical when there's these, you know, purported miracle drugs coming on the market and experts who also happen to be incentivized because they sit on these advisory boards of the very drug manufacturers saying, these are all safe and good. Yeah. I tend to be a little bit skeptical and really even the doctors prescribing these medications, if they're doing their job right, they're saying, this is a tool. This is a part of the broader picture of changing your lifestyle. Yeah. This needs to come with diet change. This needs to come with some lifestyle changes. And I think that's what oftentimes is forgotten is that like, oh, I'm taking, you know, these weight loss medications. I'm not hungry. So therefore I'm only eating 500 calories a day. Of course you're losing weight. But when right. you stop taking these medications that cost $800 a month, what's going to happen is you're going to go back to eating regular and yeah. we haven't reskilled you on what foods are best for you for keeping this weight off long-term. And so when we were caught with this yo-yoing and then the psychological damage and the physical damage of doing that. Yeah. The magic pill isn't always magic in the long run, <laughs> yeah. but, but I, I, I will say that, that for some people as a health reporter and following these stories for a long time, that there are people, like you said, who, you got to weigh, you weigh what it might be if you are medically obese or you can't keep the weight up or diabetic. Like there are, there are reasons for it. Um, sure. Maybe yeah. sometimes just abuse. My dad's stuff. a great example. Like he had a, a severely injured hip that he mm -hmm. had to get in a hip replacement. And these orthopedic surgeons say you have to be under a certain, you know, height to weight ratio or body mass mm -hmm. index for us to do this safely. And that this needs to happen in the next 60 days. Wow. So that is going to inform his choices of how fast he's going to lose weight, how he's going to go about losing weight versus it doesn't matter if it takes a year or two years to lose a hundred pounds. I'll just get there when I get there. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a different conversation than saying, Hey, you can't walk until you get this new hip. We need you to lose 60 pounds. That's going to change your, yeah. your choices. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good example. So what else do you do there in your offices in helping people and give us some more tips for, for people uh, who are just frustrated with the process? What are some other things that you can give them? Yeah. I mean, I think the process can really be frustrating and, and oftentimes it can be frustrating because we've either chosen the wrong goal, we got the wrong expectation of how quickly we should be seeing results or we just don't have clarity on like, how do I even get started? And I think that's yeah. where we see a lot of folks are just like, I just need a plan. And mm -hmm. I think that that can be true of all of us in different areas is just if we can get clarity on what those first steps are and really kind of bring our focus back from, I need to lose a hundred pounds or I need to fit into a certain, you know, pant or dress size and say, all right, what I can really control at the end of the day is these small things. Let me focus on stacking up some of those wins, whether that's, I'm just going to put my running shoes on. I don't even have to go for a run, but that's going to yeah. be like my measure of success. I'm just going to start super small and just start stacking these wins and feeling like I'm making um, momentum, I think can have a huge impact. There's an interesting study that kind of think illustrates my point. They took a control group and they took the, the test group and they gave the gr these two groups the same really unhealthy milkshake. And they said to the one group, they said, this is a health shake. It's good for weight loss and all these other wellness benefits. And the other group, they said, this is a terribly unhealthy milkshake. Enjoy it. The group that thought it was like a health shake ended up losing weight. 
<laughs> oh my. And so really? you could say, oh, does our mind somehow change the compounds that we're eating? Yeah. Maybe. I think more it's that like when I think I'm doing something healthy for myself, even if it actually isn't that healthy, I start to make other mm. lifestyle choices. Maybe I go to bed at a different hour. I say, I'm a healthy individual because I drank this health shake. Wow. And so I think that there's whatever it is you choose, choose something that you can be successful at and win at. And yeah. whether it's, you know, fits with the keto diet or this thing, that thing, just start somewhere and start something I think is like, I know it feels like a little bit generic, but that tends to be really helpful and really powerful for folks when it's when they feel like they're making progress and they feel like they're being healthy. It starts to bleed into these other areas of it's their life. So and true. Making healthy decisions. Yeah. Have you ever seen, I'm sure you have it. It feels like it makes its rounds on the internet year after year. The military officer that gives the graduation speech about making your bed. Oh was, yeah. Mm -hmm. It just popped up again after I've seen it so many times. And the whole premise behind that is make one good decision. Yeah. And it leads to more good decisions. Yeah. And so that that study is similar to that is I'm making a good decision. I'm making yep. a good decision. I'm gonna eat something healthy and now I'm gonna go make more good decisions. Totally. And I, I love that idea. And it does. It feeds yeah. on throughout the day, you feed on the better decisions you made earlier in the day. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to go like my wife and I will go to like a little juice bar and get juice. I know that like the the benefits of juicing really are questionable. You're removing all the fiber, you know, that's probably a higher concentration of sugar in there and this and that, but like you just feel healthier. <laughs> right. And you did, yeah. then I start, I start the day off or I go through that day just feeling like I'm empowered to make more healthy decisions. And so I think yeah. there's something to the psychology of just tricking yourself into getting some of these wins for us in the weight loss space we do ask people to weigh themselves every day unless it's a trigger a psychological trigger for them and part of that is because it's really fun in those first couple weeks of just seeing progress every day because it's really hard when it's like i'm gonna diet on january 1 i'm gonna cut out all these things mm -hmm. and you don't really lose weight right mm -hmm. away when you're just kind of cutting out a little here and a little there yeah. and so yeah. for us in kind of our guided weight loss members and clients you know we want to stack up those wins quickly because psychologically there's something about like okay i did give this thing up or i didn't indulge in that thing but guess what i lost a pound this morning like that is, let's go and i'd lost another pound yeah. the day before and you start to yeah. like get these when you get out the gate quick and you get some of those wins under your belt there's yeah. a much more of a staying power through more of the, you know, the times where you are, you know, cutting back or structuring. Yeah, I think that's huge. And, and weighing yourself can psychologically, but you can get past that too. You know, mm -hmm. psychologically at first, but as soon as you start seeing a tiny bit of progress, it feels yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, and we have these little like signs above our biometric devices that include weight, but we get folks on in when they come into our office and it just says this scale is not a measure of who you are. And mm -hmm. I think that's like a, a good reminder anytime you're standing on the scale is like, these are just numbers, even if they yeah. don't move, like this is not, it's not worth getting down on yourself about. Yeah. And I mean, the research is pretty clear. Those who like keep weighing themselves through the holidays tend to gain less weight. Even if they're not trying to follow any type of diet, <laughs> they end up gaining less weight because what gets measured gets managed, right? It's true. You can put a blindfold on. I've done that many times. Like, I'm just not even gonna think about it. But uh, then yeah. <laughs> a month later, like, oh, I wish I would have thought about it. <laughs> yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> well, where can people learn more about your clinic and, and what you all do and follow along with you? Yeah, our, our clinic website is joinrevitalize.com. And there you can find out more about how we approach weight loss and wellness. And then Dr. Boot and I actually authored a Amazon bestselling book called Fear No Food. You can get it on Amazon or at our website at that same website I just mentioned. 
Fantastic. Well, it is so nice to talk to you and I appreciate your tips and your encouragement. I know that those who are listening, this is a topic I get often and I relate to it as a woman, but I know men too, but I, I really appreciate your expertise. Well, thanks for having me on. It's been an honor. Thank you for joining the Natalie Tisdall podcast. You can follow along on Instagram and at natalietisdall.com. Subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave a review so I can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next week. Oh, 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 o